for the last six weeks plus, I've been talking about demons. And it's been kind of a heavy topic. And, uh, um, you know, it's one that's just it can be intense and everything. So this week, we're going to laugh, okay? We're going to take it a little lighter, a little easier. My whole goal today for this message is to make you laugh. So if you don't laugh today, I'm very sorry. Um, you might need something heavier than I can give you. I don't know. Uh, whatever, but um, God invented laughter, amen? God himself laughs, Jesus laughed, and it is okay for you to laugh. It will not kill you. It will not crack your face. It is good for you. You know, in Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flows or springs the issues of life. In Proverbs 17.22 says, a merry heart does good like medicine. But a broken spirit dries the bones. So I'm going to give you some medicine today, a prescription from God. And I'm going to personally take it myself. I'm going to try to laugh. Um, you've seen a real serious side to me up here, talking about demons and stuff. You're going to probably see a silly side to me. And I'm making my wife a little nervous, I think, today. Because I know some crazy stories that I find really funny. But some of you guys might think that's immature or not so funny. So uh, I hope you still love me, respect me when I'm done. But... I'm, and pray for me to have some self-control because there's some I really, really want to say, but I don't know that I should. But they're so funny. But anyway, um, anyway, just pray for me. So um, you also heard, like it said, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but also you've heard it say laughter does a heart good like medicine. Uh, it's actually proven um, that joy and laughter is good for your health. Okay, There's a spiritual... Emotional and physical benefits of joy and laughter. Science has proven why the Bible tells us to laugh, and it's for our, our health. Laughter <coughs> reduces stress, fights against depression and sorrow, fosters a positive outlook on life, and puts you in an all-around good mood. Laughter also lowers blood pressure, impacts the cells of your body, preventing disease, and setting you up for a long and strong, healthy life. So we need to laugh more. I think we take, we're taking life way too serious sometimes. You're taking yourself way too serious. When you screw up, you need to be the first one to laugh. Whether you're still in middle school and you're all nervous about, oh, my gosh, I'm a nerd or whatever, and you, you're so focused on yourself all the time, whatever your situation is, when you make a mistake, you need to laugh at yourself. You are a human. You're going to mess up. You need to laugh. If you can't laugh at yourself, you're not giving yourself grace. You're not acting like God towards yourself. If God can laugh, you can laugh. Amen? So um, I think we're all aware of the dangers of stress. And the antidote for your stress is some good laughter. Amen? It doesn't have to be from perverted movies. We can laugh at good, clean things. Even though some of this stuff in the Bible, depending on how you hear it and see it today, <coughs> some of it is a little bit on the perverse side. But, hey, God put it in the book, so I'm going to talk about it. We're going to laugh about it, okay? I'm just going to try to do it in a clean way as I can do it. But, anyway, um, Ecclesiastes, <coughs> Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there is a season a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. So this morning, guys, it's a time to laugh, okay? So can you laugh? All right, I hope so, all right. So I have a bunch of different things. I got some of those corny uh, jokes people make up about the Bible stuff. Who is this guy in the Bible? Who is that guy in the Bible? They're corny, but I give you permission to laugh. They're kind of like dad jokes, Okay. So, um, and I have some other ones actually from the Bible and some actual funny bulletin bloopers and some funny personal stories that I'll tell you too. One of, the, one of them is about a guy named Harry Butts, one of my favorite stories, but it's super funny. 
I'll tell you that one later. So here's some of the corny ones they make up. I don't know who makes these, but they're kind of like dad jokes. <coughs> but who is the greatest financer in the Bible? <coughs> Excuse me. The greatest financer in the Bible. Noah, he was floating his stock while everyone was in liquidation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, where was Solomon's temple located? On the side of his head. Yeah. Okay, yes, I need Marshall's drums up here sometimes, don't I? Yes. What excuse did Adam give to his children as to why they no longer lived in Eden? Your mother ate us out of house and home. <laughs> what did Adam say on the day before Christmas? It's Christmas, Eve. I told you they're corny, but you can laugh anyway, right? <laughs> All right, um... How does Moses make his coffee? He brews it. All right. He brews it. That's right. All right. How do we know Peter was a rich fisherman by his net income? I'm telling you, these are creative. So, <coughs> who was the smartest man in the Bible? We all know it was Solomon other than Jesus, but this is not the answer for the joke. Abraham, he knew a lot. His nephew, you know. All right. Why did the unemployed man get excited while looking through his Bible? He thought he saw a job. You ever, anyone, new person, read the Bible and they don't know it's Job, they think it's job? Hey, there's, there's jobs in here. All right. What animal could Noah not trust? A cheetah. <laughs> He's a cheetah. All right. Who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Samson. He brought the house down. <laughs> I know, I need those drums. Okay. What kind of man was Boaz before he married? <laughs> he was ruthless. <laughs> okay. Which Bible character had no parents? Last one of this one. Joshua, son of Nun. His, yeah. Well, anyway, he really did have parents. But it's, anyway, so, so those are the corny ones. Now i got some funny bulletin announcements for you guys. <coughs> Wally loves sharing these for those that were here. While I was here, they're funny. If you need to heave during the postlude, please do so quietly. The postlude is a quiet instrumental they usually play, you know, at the end of the service. But if you need to not leave, but if you need to heave, you know, do it quietly, all right? Applications are now being accepted for two-year-old nursery workers. <laughs> all right. You got someone to sign up, Anna? All right. The ladies of the church have cast off clothing of every kind. They may be seen in the basement on a Friday afternoon. They definitely need some screeners who write these things, I tell you. Um, the associate minister unveiled the church's new tithing campaign slogan last Sunday. I up my pledge, up yours. <laughs> Good creative. It's like make seven up yours, right? That one. Okay, this evening at 7 p.m., there will be a hymn singing in the park across the church. Bring a blanket and come prepared to sin. <laughs> Not come prepared to sing. They actually put come prepared to sin. All right. <coughs> Next Thursday, there will be tryouts for the choir. They need all the help they can get. <laughs> the choir will meet at, uh, at the Larson's house for fun and sinning. Another one like that. The over-60s choir will be disbanded uh, for the summer with the thanks of the entire church. 
Uh, praise God. Okay. <laughs> Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and community. <laughs> Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and the community. Not sick in the church and community, but of the church. All right. A song fest was hell at the Methodist church on Wednesday. Not held. The song church was hell at the Methodist church on Wednesday. All right. At the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, what is hell? Come early and listen to the choir practice. <laughs> All right. <coughs> Next Sunday is the family hayride and bonfire at the Fowler's. Bring your own hot dogs and guns. Friends and friends are welcome. Everyone come and for a fun time. Because hot dog and buns, they want you to bring hot dog and guns. So let us join David and Lisa in the celebration of their wedding and bring their happiness to a conclusion. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who writes this? All right. Scouts are saving aluminum cans, bottles, and other items to be recycled. Proceeds will be used to cripple children. Oh, man. <laughs> what do you say to that? So obviously it meant to go to Lori's crippled children to help them in that. But anyway, thank you, Steve, once again. Uh, um, thank you, Steve, who once again has worked hard to clean the pastor off the basement floor. I guess it must have been plaster, but they put pastor off the basement floor. <laughs> Got to clean him off the floor. That's a rough, rough day. Visitors are asked to sing their names at the church entrance. Has to sing their names. Walk in the door. I'm Gerald. I'm Susan. I'm whatever. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right. The class of prophecy has been canceled due to unforeseen circumstances. <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. Um, the peacemaking, the peacemaking meeting scheduled for today has been canceled due to a conflict. <laughs> oh man. All right. The concert held in the Fellowship Hall was a great success. Special thanks are due to the minister's daughter, who labored the whole evening at the piano, which, as usual, fell upon her. <laughs> so while she's playing, I guess the piano fell on her. Is that the, the word? As usual, it fell on her again. All right. <coughs> Here's a good one. It's Drug Awareness Week. Get involved in drugs before your kids do. <laughs> good way to teach them. All right, great news. Doctors have performed a CAT scan on Pastor McLaren's head and reported they have found nothing. <laughs> That's great news. All right, please sigh during the offering. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be sing. All right, <coughs> excuse me. The church is glad to have with us today our guest minister, the Reverend Ralph Green, who, who has Mrs. Green with him. After the service, we request that all remain in the sanctuary for the hanging of the greens. <laughs> if you can get their guest minister's last name is Greens, and then they're going to hang them after they preach, I guess, that Sunday. The visiting monster today is Reverend Jack Baines. Instead of the, re <laughs> instead of the visiting minister, they had O and I mixed up. The visiting monster. Oh, man. That's back they probably had typewriters. They didn't want to go back and type the whole thing out or something. When parking on the north side of the church, please remember to park on an angel. Don't forget that now. Park on an angel when you park your car. I guess it's supposed to be angle. Pastor is on vacation. Massages can be given to the church secretary. <laughs> Messages with massages. 
Pastor Association. She's going to have a good week while he's out of town, right? Everybody coming and giving her a massage. Men's prayer breakfast, no charge, but your damnation will be gratefully accepted. <laughs> That's hilarious. <clears throat> this one's my favorite. Uh, the sermon this morning, contemporary issues number three, euthanasia. The closing song, Take My Life. <laughs> Who does that? Well, that's so, so funny, right? I guess they did not do some editing there, but that's hilarious, right? All right, so uh, those are the, the corny ones, the broken bloopers. Now I want to just share with you some actual stories from the Bible that are just downright funny. And, you know, sometimes we just run so familiar with the Bible for so long that we read over these things and don't think about, that's funny. You know, or are we not allowed to laugh because it's in the Bible or the two, whatever. But think about the story. I got a bunch of stories here. And I have, I mean, I might have to do a sequel on this. If you guys get some email or text messages, we can do it again. Because there's a lot of stories that are funny in the Bible. Think about Jonah and the whale, okay? You've heard that since you were a little kid. That's a crazy funny story, okay? Jonah, you know him, the prophet guy. God told him to go to Nineveh and tell him to repent, and he didn't want to go. And uh, this guy rebels against God. He's thrown overboard of a boat, swallowed by a large fish, we always say a whale, and then <coughs> lives inside that whale for three days. Imagine that, living in a whale for three days. What would that be like? You get motion sickness in there. You're picking up some snails along the way to eat or something. I don't know what you're doing in there. But finally, Jonah repents of his stubborn, rebellious ways, and God causes this huge fish to barf Jonah out on dry ground. That's nuts, though. That's crazy. So I like to imagine these stories myself. Just imagine this happening, okay? You're on the beach one day. You're having a family picnic, maybe a family reunion. You're all there. And like, it's such a beautiful, sunny day. You're eating food. You're having a good time. You're just looking around. And all of a sudden, you start no noticing, what is that out there? Is, is that a whale? What is, what is that? They don't usually come this close to land. What is going on? That is a whale. What's go and I'm just looking at this thing. Well, whales, I did a study once on Jonah the whale, and, I, and someone studied and thought that it was pro most likely a right whale that swallowed him because they had the structure of the body, the swallow, where you could actually live in there potentially. But those right whales can be 50 to 60 feet long and weigh like 100 tons. So it wasn't like this animal, this whale, swam right up to shore and went like, <laughs> here you go, Jonah, get out. That thing had such a fat body, it would have had to be, you know, 50 feet out, maybe 100 feet out, to, to where he gets stuck on the bottom. You know, we went in Nova Scotia, where I grew up, um, it happened the year before we moved there, and the year after we left, that this big whale got stuck on the shore, and everyone went down there trying to get the thing back in, but they weigh so much, they could not, and they end up dying there. So this whale would have had to stay out far enough, and so all of a sudden, they're watching this whale, like, that's just so odd. Why is this whale coming in so close to shore? And all of a sudden, they're hearing... Um, these gagging noises, like, you know, I caught a, we caught a stink. No, we actually, we caught a shark uh, in Florida once. And while we're put, taking the hook out of its mouth, the thing started making these puking noises. We had it on video. Like, so I imagine this whale doing this. I won't do too much. I don't want to make anyone really do that. And uh, we're like, that's weird. Why is this whale making that noise? Next thing you know, we see this projectile vomit just start flying out of this thing's mouth. And they launch this thing like 100 feet or 50 feet or whatever in the air, through the air, and lands on the ground. Like, that's a good way to ruin your picnic. And you're like, what is that? 
That's disgusting. I can't believe what I just saw. Little kids, Dad, Dad, what is that? Oh, my gosh. They go, let's go over and look because, you know, you got little kids over there. They're going to want to get closer and look. And next thing you know, the vomit pile starts moving. It's moving. Like, oh, man. And the guy's like, somebody help me. I haven't eaten in three days. I'm covered in whale puke and stuff. That guy would have smelled like something horrible, would he not? So this is how I imagine this. I don't know if you, how many of you guys have watched Stand By Me. It's not the best movie in some ways, but I watched it in high school. I found it very funny in parts. But um, there's a scene in that movie where they had a barfarama. So I imagine these kids get closer and they get closer. They see this vomit. They smell this stuff. Next thing you know, one kid starts puking. Then another kid starts puking. Next thing you know, this is my imagination. But anyway, you haven't, you imagine seeing that? It's like a falling star or something. It just shoots across the thing, and then there's this guy there. I mean, I think that's a funny story, don't you? Is that funny? Okay, maybe it's the way I told it. You're not thinking it's funny. That's funny to me. And I had maybe had a bar for there. I don't know. Here's another story, Elijah and the use, okay? Let's read this, 2 Kings 2, uh, 23 and 24. Then he went up from there to Bethel, and as he was going up the road, some youths came out of the city, from the city, came from the city and mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. So they turned around and looked at them. He turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them. In the name of the Lord, and two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths to death. Okay? Now, that's a crazy story, all right? That's a crazy story. Aren't you glad we're in the New Testament? Amen? Man, you made fun of some pastor or somebody down the road. Next thing you know, he's calling down fire from heaven or bears come out and eat you. But anyway, we all know that uh, Elisha was a man of God. We know that. But this day, he was having a rough day. His uh, father figure, spiritual mentor, Elijah, was just taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. He was raptured, and I'm sure he missed him tremendously. And here Elijah, Elijah, Elisha now travels from the Jordan towards um, Bethel. And on the way, this large group of kids, they had a, that's 42 of them that were killed. Then you know there was probably more than that because, I mean, how long does it take to run away from a bear? I mean, the, there's only two of them. I mean, I would have been the first one out of there. I mean, like, I've been booking it. Like, that, I don't think that bear would have caught me. At least, like, maybe it could now, but back when I was a youth, I would think it would have caught me. But anyway, on the way home, they see this, uh, see Elisha, and they started calling him, hey, bald head, hey, bald head. Man, so he's a man of God, but this day he was having a little oversensitive moment here, wasn't he? A little overreaction, I think. Um, the, the few things we learned about Elijah from this story is that Elijah suffered with uh, suffered with male pattern baldness. If you didn't know that, he, he he did, and he also suffered from being very oversensitive and self conscious about it. He didn't have Rogaine, and he didn't have toupees. I guess back then he could have caught a raccoon or a squirrel or something, made him a little rug or something up there, but he did not appreciate these kids teasing him. And he called a curse on these 42 uh, kids, and they get mauled to death by a bear. That's a crazy story, isn't it? That's a crazy story. That's one day where Rogaine or Toupee could have saved that guy's, those kids' lives. You know, you never would have thought of that. They, that. Those kids would have st still lived after that. It wasn't for this guy being so oversensitive, being bald. Uh -huh. you have to ask him about that when you guys get to heaven. Hey, what, what was up with you that day? That's, that's pretty extreme. <coughs> All right, how about Balaam and his talking donkey? Okay, that's a crazy story. 
Now, you have to believe, for me, Dad told me this when I was little, you either have to believe all the Bible or you don't believe any of the Bible. So I don't get to pick and choose which stories I believe or don't believe. God wrote it. God said it, so I believe it. So Balaam was a wicked prophet. He was not a godly prophet who lived around the time of Moses' death. And much like the animated character Shrek, he had a talking donkey. I don't know if he sounded like Eddie Murphy or not, but he had a talking donkey. All right? So I'll show you this story in Numbers 22, 27 through 29, because I'm thinking for me, if my donkey started talking to me, I'd have a pretty big reaction to that. If my dog started talking to me, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, Hudson's talking to me. What's going on? This guy seems to have no reaction to this at all. All right, he says, uh, verse 27, and when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have abused me, I wish there was a sword in my hand, for I'd, I would kill you. <laughs> I would kill you right now. Wow, this guy was an evil guy. But I don't know about you, if my donkey started talking to me and rebuking me for striking it three times with my staff, I think I'd have a different reaction with this than this. He basically said, oh, shut up, you dumb donkey. If I had a sword right now, I'd kill you. <laughs> I was like, what? So what he doesn't realize is this donkey really just saved his life. Okay, let me show you this in the next part of this verse, Numbers 22, verse 30. So the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since it became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. That's a long conversation to have with your donkey. My, if my dog just said hello, I'd be freaking out. Here he's having a two-paragraph conversation, and he just makes it, oh, just shut up, donkey. If I had a sword, I'd kill you. I just think that's crazy. Anyway, 31, the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come, come out uh, to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me th uh, these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have killed you by now and let her live. Now that is one crazy story, isn't it? Crazy story. So I don't know if the donkey talked like Shrek, talked like Eddie Murphy or one of those guys, if you saw those cartoons. But anyway, that is a wild story. All right. I got another one for you. How about Absalom and his hair? Absalom and his hair, okay? Now, you balder guys, don't get too jealous of him, just like uh, Elijah with, uh, got jealous over uh, whatever he did with the hair thing. But King's, King David's son, Absalom, was more handsome than David, and he had long, thick, very strong hair, okay? He only cut it once a year. And the weird thing was, after he'd cut it, he'd weigh it. You guys ever weigh your hair? I, I've never. I've looked at the pile of it down on the floor, but like, and that's a lot of gray right there. I'm like, dang, I didn't used to have that like that. Oh, that's, that's wild. That's weird. But anyway, I never thought of weighing it. And he would, but he weighed his hair, and after it was cut, he had two shekels, which equals four to five pounds. That's one of those little girl dumbbells I have. Right? Can you imagine that? Like, like, like your hair weighs that? That's insane. That's craziness. So I'm sure it was a source of pride for him and vanity because look at my hair. It is so heavy. It is so beautiful. It's so thick. I am so handsome. That's how I think of him. He's, he's conceited in that way. And ironically, his hair contributed to his downfall, to his demise. 
if you know the story. He's escaping this war. He's riding on his mules, kind of at his way as fast as he could. He's going, ducking around these corners and going things. Next thing you know, he's got his hair stuck in a tree. He had a bunch of hair. Stuck in a tree, his donkey kept on running. He's dangling, hanging by his hair from the tree. Now, I don't think I could do that. I know Terry couldn't do that. Uh, But Absalom was dangling from a tree by his hair. Is that not crazy? And so he's, his donkey keeps on going. He's hanging there. We don't know how long he's hanging there, but after a while, somebody finds him, and they said, the Bible says they put two spears through his heart and killed him while he's hanging there in a tree. They did not tell David they did that because he would have been very ticked. But anyway, that's a crazy story. Uh, have you ever met anyone who you thought they had four or five pounds of hair on their head? <laughs> if you walk like this, <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe so. All right, another one. Oh, boy, this is one of the ones I'm, I'm nervous about telling you. But anyway, King David, or sorry, King Saul and David. This is a weird story. And I'm going to laugh if you don't anyway. Um, I'm just going to, okay? I hope you laugh with me. But uh, King Saul uh, wanted David to marry his daughter because he wanted to put a snare in David's life so he had some kind of access to him and knew his strategies and plans. But he came up with a strange demand for the bride price. Very strange demand. You guys familiar with the bride price? You know, when I went to go uh, ask Holly, his dad, if I could marry him, Mary, excuse me, marry her. Sorry. Edit. Correct that. Edit. We're not that kind of Presbyterian church. So uh, we're definitely not that kind. So anyway, anyway if you marry her, she, uh, uh, he said to me, started making these jokes about the bride price. He goes, well, how many cattle can you give me? Or how many farm animals can you give me? And I was like, I don't have anything to give you, uh, but I'll, I'll be your buddy. <laughs> I'll be your friend. But, but anyway, um, so that was kind of the joking of the bride price that he joked with me about. But look at uh, King David, and, or excuse me, King Saul and David. Slightly different scenario. Let me show you this. This is 1 Samuel 18, 25 through 27. Then Saul said, thus you shall say to David, the king does not desire any dowry, but 100 foreskins of the Philistines. Okay, I'm pausing for effect. You are allowed to laugh. I am really glad. I don't know what I would do if Holly's dad was saying something like, you need to get me. Well, I'd say, what? I need to do what? A donkey, a cow, a horse? I mean, some, but you want, you, why did he want these? I don't know, but uh, it, it says here in a minute <coughs> what his thought were, was. Um, the king does not des- desire the, any dowry, but 104 skins of the Philistines to take vengeance on the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. So he's king, he's rich, he doesn't really need donkeys, cattle, and stuff like that. So his plan was, while David was going to collect these foreskins, that he would get, he would get killed uh, in the battle. All right. Uh, well, hallelujah. So when his, servant, when his servants told David these words, it pleased David. It pleased David. Now, if Holly's dad told me that, I wouldn't be very pleased. I'd be like, I don't want to give you one. I don't want to. I, I, I don't want to. Where do I get these things from? I, I mean, shop and save. I mean, where do we go? I don't know what we're doing here. This is kind of strange. So when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to become the king's son-in-law. Now the days had not expired. Therefore, David arose and went, and he and his men 
So he recruited buddies for this. Okay? I, I just imagine this for me. Like, I'm friends with King David. He call, or not King yet, but David. He calls me up. Hey, Ryan, what you doing today? Oh, I, I'm not too much. He goes, you want to go on a missions trip with me? Like, oh, yeah, let's go on a mission. What, what do you got in mind? He goes, well, we're going to go to the Philistine camp. I'm like, all right, okay. And we're going to kill. He, he ups this from 100 to 200 just to show he saw he's a man or whatever. And uh, so, he's, so he says, uh, he t- he's telling me, we're going to go kill 200 Philistine men. Like, okay, yeah, we can do that. That sounds like a good time. Not really today's time, but going back to good time. And then we're going to collect 200 foreskins off these dead guys. Say what? We're going to do what? And how do you expect us to do that? All right, come on now. Come on. You can laugh at this. This is stinking weird, okay? This is weird. I used to, I think they used flint knives back then and stuff. I'd be checking out now. I was like, okay, listen, David. I've gone with you here. I've gone with you there. But I don't think I want to cut off that kind of real estate off these dead dudes. I don't think I want to go there. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You're going to have to find somebody else to do your dirty deed. Because he, he had to collect these 200 foreskins in a bag, and then he brought them back to Saul and dumps them out on the table or something. Here you go. I now get to marry your daughter. I got you the bride price. Wow. That's in your Bible. <laughs> what? You don't know what so funny? <laughs> I'm thankful. I'm thankful I'm in the New Testament. Oh, you half off there. (laughs) (coughs) Okay, let me read the rest of this. So, therefore, David arose and went with him and his men and killed 200 men of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins and they gave them in full counts. They numbered them, counted them to the king that he might become the king's son in law. And then Saul gave his uh, his daughter Michael, Michael, uh, his daughter, his wife. Now that guys is one crazy story, and I would not want to be on that trip with David that day. And he said he was pleased to do it. He was pleased to do it. Okay, all right, moving right along. There's another story like that I find funny myself. It's been uh, not my notes, just another one. But um, even like Jake, Jacob's kids. They had, a, they had a daughter, I think Dina or Diana, and she was raped by the neighboring people. And then they, the, the brothers wanted to get revenge back. So they used some smarts and said, hey, you want to marry into our family? Then your men are going to have to get circumcised. They're like, okay. So they circumcised all their men, and while they're in the time of recovery, they go in and kill them all. Funny story. It's funny. Now you can laugh now because it's a long time ago. If it happened in Newland down the road, um, that would not be so funny like in today, but that's pretty crazy. All right, another one. We'll get off that topic. Another one's funny. Um, Elijah mocking the prophets of Baal. This is actually really funny when you think about it. I know you've heard it before, but it's funny. And I want to read this to you in the complete Jewish Bible version. It's 1 Kings 18.27. Around noon, Elijah became, began ridiculing them. Shout louder. After all, he, he's God, isn't he? Maybe he's daydreaming, or he's on the potty. <laughs> I love that he's on the potty. Or he's away on a trip. Maybe he's asleep. Let's see if he's potty on there. Oh, you're missing it. That's the wrong version. But in the complete Jewish version, you can look it up. It says, maybe he's on the potty. I thought that's hilarious. Maybe he's asleep. Uh, you have to wake him up. Okay? Another one that's funny. There are just some random weird stories in the Bible. How about this one? Mark fourteen fifty one. 
Now a certain young man followed him, having a linen cloth thrown around his naked body. And the young man laid hold of him, and he left the linen cloth and fled them naked. <laughs> Why is that in the Bible? It's just like, wow. Some people say that it was John, but he's out for their, potentially, their prayer meeting at the Garden of Gethsemane, whatever, and he's wearing nothing but a linen cloth. I would have thinking, John, you need to stay home tonight, buddy. You, you missed a few items of clothing. But anyway, it sounded like soldiers, someone tried to capture him. They let him take the linen cloth, and he has to run down the road naked. Okay, if you saw it, you would definitely laugh. You're not laughing now because you're acting holier than now, I'm telling you. But that would be stinking funny. Like, what is that guy doing? What's wrong with that guy? I mean, yeah, maybe he did. He was being, here, you, you want to borrow that? Hey, I don't need this. Anyway, it might not have a John, but I've heard people say they think it's John. But I have no idea why it's in the Bible. I've never preached a sermon on that. I've never got any spiritual insight or um, revelation from that story. But uh, anyway, here's another one. Uh, King Amon, which is Hanan's father, had just passed away. And David sends some of his servants to offer condolences to the to family. But this new young king, Hanan, uh, his servants told him, David's not sending these men to offer you condolences. He's sending them to spy out the land so he can uh, take over our kingdom. So here's what they do. Second uh, Samuel 10, 4 and 5. Therefore, Hanan took David's servants, shaved off half their beards, cut off their garments in the middle at their buttocks. If you don't know what the buttocks is, it's a derriere. And sent them away. When they told David, he sent sent to meet them because the men were greatly ashamed and the king said wait at Jericho until your beards have grown uh, and then return that's a funny story right there they didn't kill him but they shaved their beards in half took half it off and then they cut their pants off from the butt down and they had to walk home butt exposed to whoever saw them and you know anyone who saw them would have been mocking them probably worse than the kids did to Elisha of a bald head. Hey, what are you guys? What are you guys doing? Put your clothes on. What's wrong with you guys? They would have been mocking him, making fun of him. Can you imagine that? That's a funny story. Okay, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I have a Canadian dry sense of humor. I think that's but funny right there. I just do. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't be in David's army unless they or unless they had beards. I don't know. <laughs> Part of their culture. All right, are you guys okay? Is this too sacrilegious for you guys? It's in the Bible, I'm just telling you. Let me tell you a couple more. These have nothing necessarily to do with the Bible. These funny ones just happened in church life, okay? I mentioned Harry Butts. There's actually a guy, he's now passed away, but there's a guy whose name was Harry Butts, lived in Alabama. Now, I don't know why your mama would name you Harry when your last name was Butts. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But the president of our Bible college told us this school in Canada and I, even all of us laughed at it, but no one really believed it. Well, then my really good friend, Greg Boyce, who just recently passed away of cancer, he actually went uh, years ago and became the youth pastor at the church. And he texted me, or he called me one day, and he said, hey, man, guess what? I go, what? He goes, I just met Harry Butts. He goes, that story is true. We're like, no way. He goes, yeah, I met him. He goes to our church. I'm like, okay. So um, years ago, uh, the president of our school's father was a pastor of that church in Alabama. And Harry Butts went to that church, and they had like a back-to-church special Sunday where you invited your friends and neighbors to come to the church. And so Harry's there, and all there, and the pastor's going around letting people uh, introduce their guests. So it was Harry's turn. The pastor said, can the two ladies with Harry Butts please stand up? 
But he told us at college, man, I could, we laughed and laughed and laughed. But he actually met Harry. So imagine that Sunday. What's Pastor? Did? Oh, that came out the wrong way. Uh, uh, can two ladies with Harry please stand up and Harry introduce your guests? I thought that was funny. All right, one more. Again, this one doesn't have anything to do with the Bible or church, which is funny. But um, my grandfather taught Bible college for, I think it was 28 years in, in Canada. And um, my uncle David one time wanted to play a, a prank on my grandfather. So it was a Friday afternoon, and my grandfather usually brought his briefcase home with him. But this Friday, he didn't. He left it there for the weekend. But, um, but my uncle didn't know he was going to do that. So he went, my uncle went to his classroom, snuck in there, and he brought a cat. He opened the briefcase, and he shoved this cat into, I don't know why he did this, but anyway, into my grandfather's briefcase, he closed it up, and then he left. He goes, he's thinking, when dad opens this up, he's going to be so surprised, so shocked. So, but what Uncle David didn't realize is that <laughs> my grandfather left it there all weekend long. So Monday morning comes along, and 8 a.m. class, my grandfather gets there a little bit early, click, click on the briefcase, I think I'll this thing's come jumping out of there. His briefcase is totally destroyed. All of his papers are clawed up and pooped on and messed on and just a huge mess. Scared my grandfather so bad, this white cat come jumping up out of this briefcase at him. And uh, that was just a little funny story I wanted to tell you guys. So, <coughs> so anyway, this wasn't probably the most super spiritual message you've ever heard, and I know it. But the Bible still says that laughter does your heart good and your body good like medicine. And when you're laughing, it's releasing whatever it's releasing, stress, anxiety, releasing good stuff to you, and, um, and it's healthy for you. Amen. Amen. You can text me later if you want sequel. If you don't, I'll go back to being serious pastor. and not. But there's a lot more stories in the Bible that are just flat out weird and funny. There is a lot in there. And the more I studied, the more I found more. I just I ran out of time to share more of those. So anyway, why don't you guys stand? I'm going to pray a prayer blessed on you guys, let you go home. Don't forget, community worship service tonight. We will not be telling funny stories. We will not make you laugh at all. We will not even let you smile uh, tonight. You have to go back to being uh, sting, uh, prune, pr yeah, frozen, chosen, faced, or whatever, and super serious. Yeah, a fruit of the Spirit is not serious. You know that? It isn't. A fruit of the Spirit is joy. It's joy. And, uh, yeah, those stories would not be funny if you were involved in them. But since they're a couple thousand years ago, they're pretty dang funny. <laughs> so that's just what I think. So, anyway, God, yeah, thanks for loving me. And uh, we thank you for our church. Thank you for family. Thank you for these funny stories and just laughter, the gift of laughter. I pray, God, you'd help us to laugh more often. And not take everything so seriously that um, you design laughter to do good for our bodies, joy to be good for us. You said the joy of the Lord is our strength. I pray for a release of joy and strength to our families, our homes, our church, and this community in Jesus' name. And God, we just thank you for your presence today. Thank you for our worship team and their dedication. But mostly, God, thank you for your presence and your goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Hope you still love me. Have a great day.